Hello my awesome friends of Financial Independence, this is Matthias and today we take care of the very basics of what this podcast is about. We dive into the details of what Financial Independence means, where the heck it comes from and each of us is going into the details why we do all this, what our personal story is and how we exactly want to achieve financial independence for ourselves. This episode is very personal and we hope you find it useful. Let us know what you think in our blog comments, drop us an email or reach out on social media if you like. Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, geo-arbitrage and making the most of your money. This was your hosts, Alvar, Erminta and Matthias. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back again to another episode of the Financial Independence Europe podcast. Uh, we've got something pretty cool going on. We finally managed to get the three of us back together in a recording again. Uh, hello. Welcome to my awesome co-host. Hi, Araminta. Hello. And of course, Matthias. Hello. hello, hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to actually cover something really cool. The what and the why of why. This is an episode we've been wanting to record for a really long while. Because answering this question is kind of key to the whole point of like, why the heck are we doing this all? In this episode, the three of us are going to discuss our personal stories, the what of I, the why of I, like our personal reasons behind getting there, have a bit of a discussion on the future of fire and get started with covering a bit of the history of it. So now I would like to throw it over to my co-host, Araminta, and ask her, Araminta, can you give the listeners like a brief breakdown of like, the history of FI, how did we get here? Like, what have we been doing the last hundreds of years? Mm, good question, Alvar. Luckily, I did my research and it turns out that financial independence has been going on for 800 years. That's pretty crazy. But really, it, it wasn't available for the common person until the stock market opened up. And the first stock market was in the 17th century, created by the Dutch with the VOC, I think it was called. And uh, they created the first stock market, and it was really one of the, the best ways of creating wealth and uh, allowing people to have faith in the system. After that, the, the Jack Bogle also is a prominent part in the, in the history of uh, FI. So Jack Bogle created Vanguard, or the, the index fund, in 1970s, and that allowed people to build wealth pretty easily and automatically with uh, index funds. And then we have the famous dot-com bubble that started the whole mania of investing stocks, cashing out as soon as possible, and then retiring early. Obviously, that didn't work out very well. And from there, we have uh, 2003, Early Retirement Extreme, Jacob, Documentary's Journey, and then Mr. Money Mustache and other very uh, famous bloggers who started the FI movement. And now we're here with uh, tons of podcasts in America and one podcast in Europe. Woo! So that's a bit of a history, pretty basic, but it's quite interesting to know that it really, FI is not such a new concept. It's just that now it's a bit more, I think someone said that in the 2000s, maybe one in a thousand person had heard of FI and now it's one every five. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So now we're going to move on to the what of financial independence. Uh, obviously in the community and most of our listeners know what financial independence is, but just to give a bit of a brief summary, Alvar, what, what is financial independence? Great question, Araminta. And it's obviously, before we dive into our personal stories, it's good to answer it. Like, what does the community, like generally speaking, consider FI? This obviously is based on a Trinity study, comes out of the US, but in general, 25 times saved up your annual expenses, which will allow you to withdraw 4% 
on a yearly basis and generally speaking based on historical returns we expect a seven percent return on a yearly basis and that will allow you with a portfolio of 25 times your expenses to withdraw four percent and never run out of money that's in principle the approach most people use for financial independence in terms of strategy and idea is not of course hey, I'm financially independent, I can stop working and I can do whatever I want. That's the generic principle slash definition of financial independence. And why do most people think it matters to do? Well, they just don't want to work anymore. They want to pursue where they care most about. They don't want to sit in a cubicle and work from nine to five and uh, make somebody force them to do things. Obviously, there are tons of reasons and ways people care about this, but that in essence is why most people follow it and what the community kind of considers where financial independence is about and why it matters. And I would also mention that the stock market isn't the only way to reach financial independence. We've interviewed quite a few people who have done real estate investing, who have done dividend growth investing, or simple geo-arbitrage, like uh, moving to a low-cost country and simply living cheaply there in order to reach FI earlier. So there's quite a few strategies to reach financial independence, which is one of the reasons why we have this podcast, to, to find them all out. Cool. And also short shout out to peer-to-peer lending, because that's something lots of people forget. It's also worth mentioning. It's becoming more and more of a part of the strategy of getting to financial independence and different internet investment strategies. But let's go on with the show. So Alva, thanks for the introduction uh, about the why of FI and, and how it works uh, roughly. So what's your personal journey? How did you first learn about FI? Thank you for asking, Matthias. So actually, the first time I learned about this was through the Mad Scientist podcast and Frugal Woods, roughly two and a half years ago when I was living in New Zealand and had, uh, yeah, I had a short accident on a work site where I was working. I was at home. Uh, I had not much to do. And I started to Google around for answers for financial investing. I had lots of time in my hands. And through that, I found out about Mrs. Frugal Woods and the Mad Scientist and started reading their blogs and suddenly, yeah, learned a lot about it and like read all those things. I was like, how does this work? Why are all those people from the US talking about this? And in my past, I've always been really, really into money management, into making more money and finding weird frugal ways to get more income. That's always been a part of me, but suddenly I found out there's actually a word about that. So internally speaking, I've always been into financial independence, but the word, the term, the movement, I really found out about like two and a half years ago, like that was actually, there were more people like me and there was an organized movement going on of like-minded people all around the globe who were like, hey, I'm done. I'm not gonna just follow the system. And I can do more than that. I decided myself what I'm gonna do with my life. So pretty cool. And it makes it much easier if you have a community uh, about a topic than just doing it alone because uh, you can share ideas. Yeah, it makes it much more fun to have other fellow FI people. And why does it matter to you? Why have you decided to aim for FI? Also secretly, before you knew about the movement? As I mentioned earlier, when I was young, I've always been this frugal, weird person who did all things to either earn extra money or spend less. And this got me into like a money scarcity mindset, a more like a narrow-minded view of money, like I need to not spend it and save as much as possible and almost becoming scared of spending and taking any risks. And financial independence really was like, hey, wait, that's not the way to go. There is a way 
to really use money in a powerful, positive way. And obviously me not spending anything and earning a lot is awesome, but it's useless if you don't have a purpose for it. And I think the financial independent movement, the principle, the reasons and the stories behind it, it gave me the message, the story, like a way to like make it matter more and actually more effective for my own personal life. I would say that that's why it matters for me. It's my way to a happier life and a better relationship with money. Interesting. So you've always been really a, a frugally fi person. Cool. So tell us a bit about your current situation. You are now living in Edinburgh, working in Edinburgh with your girlfriend, and you're very into dividend growth investing. You're saving a lot of money. What is your strategy to reach financial independence? And can you tell us maybe a bit of your, your numbers and in how many years you're planning on reaching financial independence? Great question, Aramenta. It is important to clarify that I'm not necessarily aiming at never, ever working anymore. I am aiming at becoming financially independent and having options and just deciding myself whatever I want to do, work or when or how. So my way of reaching financial independence is a combination of different asset classes going from dividend growth investing, loan hacking, real estate investing, just a generic index approach, uh, my own business and a couple of other like signer might, uh, minor income streams. That's my way of going at it. Where I'm standing at the moment, I'm trying to save between 50 to 80% of my income. I'm working within the IT sector in Edinburgh, Scotland. Got a reasonably well-paying job, which works well okay for me, renting an apartment together with my girlfriend. Having, I have pretty low expenses. I can probably save anywhere between 1.2 to 1.8K in pounds a month. That's roughly the range. I'm most months in the higher end of that, so roughly like 1.8K a month I'm saving. So this is based on my personal income. And that's where I'm, I also have a business on the side, which I kind of like consider as an extra thing going on. And like my, where I'm aiming at, at fire is really just like what I'm yeah, like earning myself. And like, that's where I'm focusing on at the moment. So how am I going to get there? Save up aiming roughly at 300K in total. I don't want to mention exact numbers I've saved up at the moment, but I'm a good way on that's what I will gladly mention, but it will still take me a few years to reach that kind of number and really get there. And obviously market returns, you never know. It might be four years. If you have a freaking crash, it might be 12 years. There's no way predicting that. But where I'm aiming at at the moment is actually not reaching financial independence as soon as possible, but um, working right now, building up a good passive income stream. And from there, uh, diving into mini retirements and working uh, remotely through my own business. That's actually my short-term aim. And financial independence is the tool that's going to allow me to do that without worrying about any financial risks while doing that. So when is your uh, next mini retirement? Great question. Exact dates I don't have yet, simply because you never know how things go, but in the next couple of years. And how long will your, be, your mini retirement be? One year, two years? 10 years. <laughs> so I was actually talking about this uh, this morning with my girlfriend, like, how do those mini retirements look like? What would be a good time frame? So where, what we've been kind of like thinking about is a six to nine month periods, but combine it in such a way that we buy a property in a really awesome location, central location in Europe, use that as a home base and stay there a certain period of the year. And in between, go traveling, be digital nomads, go explore, experience, live in different places, but keep a certain location in Europe as a home base 
Also, obviously, to get a bit of exposure to real estate, rent a place out while we're traveling. And yes, we have six to nine months would be the period. I think every mini retirement slash period we're not in a stable location would look like. It's interesting. Uh, it'd be cool to uh, interview you in a year and see where you're at and see if the mini retirements work. Alva, one question for me. Are you still that kind of frugal that you not paying for coffee or... Do you think you can be too frugal, that it's kind of pathological, that you may, might consider talking to a doctor? I'm not saying that you are the one, just asking if there's a possibility that it's too much. I happily admit that there were times where I've been way and way too frugal, mainly as a student and in my early adult life, where I would try to aim at like live on 400 euros a month in the Netherlands, which is effectively impossible in the cheapest possible way. And where I was just like, you know, living on ramen noodles and just going like, you know, being way too frugal. So, yes, I've definitely had periods where I was way too frugal at the moment. It took me a couple of years, but I've been getting out of that. And what I'm doing now is I'm asking what is really valuable for me? What do I care about in life? And I like a nice meal. I like a good coffee. But there are different ways of getting these and just, you know, spending three, four euro or two pounds on them and getting it. And like, yeah, I spent money. At the moment, I'm still trying to get those things, but get them through deals, get them through vouchers, uh, saving up points between different platforms for getting them for free. So, no, I'll happily spend money on something I really want right now. Uh, and if I do, I'll find a way to really minimize the cost and get it cheaply. But if I want something, I'm going to get it and I'm not going to let myself uh, be stopped by simply because there was once um, a friend of my girlfriend's family who said like, you know, what he really considered like not caring about money is when you actually go to a restaurant And you look on the left side, the actual menu, like on the actual uh, sort of dishes and everything, which you can get and not straight away to the price, because that's one thing I tend to do, just go down like, hey, what's the cheapest thing? Oh, to the left. Hey, that works. Buying wise, but just, you know, look at what you want to eat, leave it at that. And who cares about what it is? If you want that kind of dish, go for it. If you want spaghetti bolognese and it's the thing you desire most in life, get it, go for it. Interesting. I'm normally just looking down in the supermarket because there are the cheapest, uh, there you can see the cheapest things. So if you are introvert, you buy cheaper because you always watch to the ground to avoid looking people into the eyes. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. And so you, you buy cheaper. But yes, um, it's always important to hear on yourself what you want to eat and not just going after the price. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny that we're talking about this because recently, uh, Susie Orman, I don't know if you, you guys know her. Anyway, she's a big American personal finance guru, blah, blah, blah. And she's a millionaire, has has bought her own island and yacht and all that. And there's an article where she says, uh, yes, I've never bought takeaway coffee. And she basically says, you'll get rich by never buying takeaway coffee, which is complete you know, BS. Uh, and it's, it's interesting, Alvar, that you're so focused on the little things because... Well, you were, maybe not anymore, but really it's it's not the little things that are going to make you rich. It's by focusing on either skills, on building what you can to earn more in the future. It's really a matter of big picture thinking. What is going to make you more money? A salary negotiation that will make you maybe a thousand more a month or cutting on coffee? I mean, I don't know. It's it's a balance as usual. It's also the, a headspace thing. If you, yeah, for every little thing, you have to think where you can get it for free. Then you you invest a lot of headspace, a lot of bandwidth you can use for other things. Um, exactly. Especially if you earn a lot, your time is kind of valuable for the market at least. Then it might be smarter to invest uh, your headspace into the bigger bigger things and not avoid taking a shared yeah. car or something like that. 
I totally agree. And I think that's why on the podcast, we try to focus not too much on the frugal part, but more on the really big things that you can change. It will actually have an impact on your finances. Anyway, before we get to uh, enrollado, we say in Spanish, our last, my last question to Alvar, before we move on to the next uh, human person, uh, <laughs> what are your personal struggles when reaching financial independence, apart from the whole scarcity mindset thing? The scarcity mindset is the biggest like struggle for me of getting there. And the second most biggest thing would really be uh, just simply going through the grinds of earning the money, thinking like, hey, you know, I could do something else or I could use my time differently or to go another five, six years. I think I would honestly consider that the biggest struggle where to invest the money, organizing that. That's something that comes natural to me, finding good investment opportunities, but really just getting through the daily grind of things like you don't care about. I have no problem with working, working hard or working on something I really care about. But as with every job, every employer, every project, there are always tons of admin parts that you don't necessarily care about, but are needed to be done. And that's just the thing like, if you don't consider it valuable, but still having to do with the daily grind, that's really the hardest thing for me. Well, that's why making the journey is so important, because if you enjoy the journey of financial independence, then it doesn't feel like a daily grind, right? It's just normal life. It's fun. But obviously, easier said than done, and it depends on every person. I don't know. So, Matthias, have you ever talked about dividend stocks, Estonian companies, or how frugal you are on a first date, or with one of your colleagues? I tried it once with a colleague, and he said, dividend what? Aha, uh -huh. do you know, I actually have a retreat that covers this all. Oh, tell me more. So this retreat, it's all about workshops and talks together with like-minded folks who share their knowledge with you. Oh, sounds awesome. Do you have also barbecue, yoga and surfing? And are we able to have a glass of wine? Actually, yes, we do. That's all together combined in Portugal. But the most important question of the day, when is this actually? Will it be in 2019? It's actually in 2019 at 24th of May to 27th at Agave in Portugal, near the ocean, and we have also a pool for people who don't like nature. That actually sounds pretty good. And then where do I find this? Head over to financial-independence.eu slash retreat. That's R-E-T-R-E-A-T. -E so yeah, winter's shit. Looking forward to it. So guys, thank you very much for uh, asking me those questions. It's honestly pretty hard to answer them. And I've thought about them before, but like on the spot, you always come to new realizations. But after my story, I think it would be really cool to switch over to Araminta and ask her about her personal story and how she got where she is. So Araminta, how did you first learn about family? Oh, uh, it was pretty, it was an accident, like I think most people, which is quite depressing, but anyway. Not through plain education. It was just, uh, I was, I read a, a book, reached out per dad. And from there, I realized that uh, financial education is essential and that I knew nothing. And that kind of created the birth of my blog, Financially Mint. And I treated Financially Mint more as a, as a self-education resource. I would basically learn about something and then I'd write about it. And that was a great way to learn because it forced me to research. And then simply by writing, I was processing the information in a much better way. The blog was going on for maybe six months, and then I, I discovered the financial independence world. I interviewed Barney, uh, the escape artist on Financially Mint, and that's pretty much where it all started. And I learned a lot from him and from other people in the space. 
And a year later, I started a podcast with these two uh, weirdos. And uh, here we are, <laughs> learning Excuse about Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and Arminta, then obviously, why does this matter to you? Why does it matter for you to become financially independent or to be part of the movement? For me, it's, it's more about the mentality. Obviously, I mean, I, I say this quite a lot. Learning about financial independence at such an early stage has really set me up for the future because it helped me realize that financial independence is great if you're halfway there. But if you're right at the beginning, you don't really want to be, I mean, I don't want to be in a position where I'm at a job that I dislike so much that I want to quit as soon as possible, right? Or I don't want to early retire. Ideally, in a utopian world, you have a job that you like or an activity that you're doing that you love, uh, that fulfills you and that has your personal best fit, that fits you best. And you don't have this urge to quit because you enjoy it so much that so you keep going. So having discovered this world at such an early stage, I realized that right now I shouldn't be focusing on making as much money as possible so that I can then retire as soon as possible. Instead, right now I'm, I'm in this building skills and experience phase where I'm trying to build like career capital, which is basically uh, four things, credentials, so like a portfolio, skills, so basically whatever it is, it could be people management, it could be coding, and also connections, a network, and also exploration, which means really figuring out what it is that I want to do. So really financial dependence has, it matters to me because it helps me learn a lot about finance itself. And it's established a mentality, which I think for the moment is the correct one. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, which is to focus more on the skills and experience rather than the money at the moment. Anyway, people may disagree and that's completely fine. It's, it's interesting. So at the moment, you're really on this exploration journey, going all around the globe and really trying to like develop yourself. But besides this, do you also have like a plan to get to financial independence? What will be your strategy, your approach, your investment way of getting there? So I obviously still invest and save and all that jazz, but it's not like super accumulation. I do want to be close to financially independent when I have children, for example, because ideally I'd only be working a couple of hours a day or, or whatever. So at the moment, I, I only invest pretty much 15% of what I make and I have an emergency fund, which is, I think, essential to you know keep your mind at ease and for emergencies or even as a, I treat it kind of as a loan a 0% loan. Uh, when I have big costs that I can't afford, then I just take it out of my fund and then I pay this back when I can. So uh, how am I reaching FI? At the moment, I'm just investing a little bit, which is essential, I think, if you're in your early 20s, because thanks to compound interest, this is basically my pension. I'm also learning a lot about different countries uh, through this podcast, through other blogs. I learn you know, which, which are the best countries in the world or even in Europe to live in, invest in, retire in. And you learn so many interesting things about the tax systems and maybe you're better off establishing a business in Estonia than in the UK, for example. And that's really interesting. Geo arbitrage, flag theory, all that, all that stuff. So that's kind of my strategy. We'll see if it works. I'm not sure. <laughs> hey, and a plan, an approach, even if it fails, it doesn't matter. You're trying and you're way and way ahead of the crowd, but just now being this person and trying out all those new, innovative, awesome approaches. But what I'm wondering about, Armin, what are your biggest struggles obviously you're still in the early phases of the journey you're trying all things all tons of things but what are your biggest struggles well honestly i do go on and on about the importance of building skills and, and experience and blah 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 which are essential but it is true that uh, it does mean that i don't make much and that can be quite frustrating sometimes it means that i'm pretty broke 
which is, you know, it makes sense at my age and it's totally normal. And I'm already quite uh, privileged to know what I know. But sometimes it's a bit like, oh, I have this emergency fund and it's, it's fine. But sometimes I'd like to be a bit more comfortable, <laughs> let's just say. But uh, I'll, I think I just need more patience and maybe in five years I will be. So it's not a huge struggle. Uh, it's just a bit of a pain. And I guess, I don't know, other struggles are that um, I feel that we know so little, even with this podcast and everything, that there's so much knowledge out there and there's so many things that we, we need to keep learning, but it's never ending. The more you learn about something, the more you realize that you don't know about something. <laughs> all I know is I know nothing, right, Socrates? Yeah, it's just interesting. I think we all have that struggle, don't you think? That's true. And what is your short-term slash medium-long-term plan to make more, to make more money? Um, it's not really part of the plan because I, as I said, I'm focusing more on building skills and uh, experience and, and credentials and connections. But I guess I, I well, I'm, I'm working at an internship right now and I use jobs and internships as a way of building career capital. So they pay me, not much, but they pay me. And I also have uh, freelancing clients online and, and I work with digital marketing stuff online. It doesn't make me much, but it, it is an, enough for the moment. Well, I don't know if it's enough. Is, is it ever enough? <laughs> But um, yeah, we just I'm just doing a bit of that. Um, Araminda, then that's, you're, you're just investing time and money into your skills, you said. And that's a kind of deferred gratification where you just invest now. And like in 10 years, maybe you, you are a great leader or you own a business because you made so much, uh, you created so much um, knowledge in your head and you made so much connections. And in the, your early 20s, that's really um, a difference compared to other people. And you're kind of accelerating now. So I think it will pay off later, I guess. Hopefully. But yeah, you're right. That is the plan. And also technically, or, or it's more efficient because people will make the most amount of their money in their 40s and 50s, right? That's at the peak of your career. So it doesn't make sense really for me right now to be trying to save as much as possible because I know I'm going to make much more when I'm 40 and 50. And obviously, hopefully I'll be doing something I enjoy. For me, it's, it's much more important right now to be building those skills so that when I'm 40, 50, 60, I'm making so, so much or, or the right amount that I can, I don't even have to worry about investing because it's so, you know, so I'm, I'm building now so that in the future I have all that. Yeah, you, you're kind of Amazon because Amazon also <laughs> invested a lot, a lot, even if they could make a lot of revenue, they still invest a lot in new business and in new industries and hired new people. And uh, they really deferred their, their revenue to a very late stage, like one or two years before. So that's, I think that you adopted this kind of digital mindset very good. Oh, I guess that's a good thing. Thanks. And yeah, yeah I mean, Amazon is, and they're not even making a profit yet, aren't they? <laughs> low. They, they make a profit, but, but it's very low compared to what they um, turn over. Thank you both for asking me these uh, deep and interesting questions. We will move on to our last co-host, the one with the most experience here. Matthias has two children, a girlfriend, and is living in Germany. And he has a good job, and he's also on his path to financial independence. A bit of a, a stock market guru. Well, maybe not guru, but he knows his stuff, let's just say. So, Matthias, can you tell us a bit, uh, how did you first find out about financial independence, and uh, what is your story? I don't know how I found out. It was, like, in the internet, maybe? <laughs> in some blogs or Facebook. And and suddenly I knew about what I, I was aiming for. Um, it's quite similar, uh, as Alba mentioned it, that you two were doing things like I was investing in, in the stock market uh, since uh, like 15 years ago. 
And I was investing in startups because I wanted to make more money in faster time. Yeah, So like um, having more leverage. And so suddenly I knew this, the whole community, the, the concepts, the methods, know how to calculate and so on. So it was really helpful to discover that. And I also read, uh, like you, Araminta, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which also was uh, mind-blowing. And I also created a meetup about it. So where people are playing cash flow games. And uh, right now, there are coming 40 people uh, just to, to play a cash flow game. Uh, so it's really cool to connect with all these also young people who want to get more uh, out of their life. Cool. And um, can you tell us a bit why financial dependence is important to you and why you're trying to reach FI? I'd like to make, there's a book that called, it's called Work Optional. I think that's exactly what I want to, wanted to be. I don't want to be worried about paying the bills. I have family. I want to feed my, my children's no matter what, if there's a recession or if um, the company I'm working for doesn't, doesn't work or is not healthy anymore and they might have to lay off uh, people. I, I don't want to worry about it. And I also, like Alva mentioned, want to avoid this anxiety my, mindset where you think about, oh, what's what's going on when I'm when I'm fired? Or I want to go with confidence and say, having having the choice and say, okay, that's that's not for me anymore. And um, just go. And I think that's the most important thing is to have the possibility to have this abundance mindset. So and you just then leveraging your, your full potential because you're not worried anymore. And there are studies in the US where they tested how this anxiety mindset affects you. And it's, uh, it's really stunning that uh, people who have low money and have no long-term contract, they are really in, in the, stuck in this uh, anxiety mindset. So it's really important to get rid of it. Okay, so you said that uh, it matters to you because you want to be able to you want work to be optional. And I really, I've, I think that's a really good mindset because a lot of people, I think when they reach uh, FI, they stop working and suddenly they're like unfulfilled, they're bored, they're, they're sad because they're, they're not working anymore. But obviously I know you like your job and you don't want to quit completely. You just want to, for it to be optional and to have more, for, more time with your children. Yes, I really like my, my job. And, and also another principle is that you help yourself before you can help others. That means that you invest in yourself, um, like you are a mentor, you are trading skills. And um, for me, it's important too to get the, the most, the best education. And I also take my private money um, to educate myself and not just um, asking my, my company uh, to, um, yeah, to, to provide uh, trainings. And so when, when I have this uh, level of, um, of income, what I'm aiming for, I have this universal basic income, what politics are not able to provide. And then I can also take, um, yeah, take care of my family, help others. For example, my, my parents, I can help them. Or I can um, also in, be more involved in, in, in the community, in our local community in Cologne, um, where, where there's a lot of great projects to run. And yeah, just, I'm, I'm a very curious person about new trends and uh, new movements. And I also want to be able to follow that and might be able then to uh, work just four days a week for, um, or three days a week for my uh, current job. That's cool. And uh, can you tell us a bit what, what are your strategies? So I know you're, you're saving uh, a lot of your, your money. Uh, what, is your, what is your plan or strategy to reach this work optional situation or, or lifestyle? It's that simple. Uh, <laughs> I have this job and I'm cutting expense, not 
as much as I could, but I'm cutting expense and I'm saving uh, like a 50% in or maybe 40 to 50, you know, I've children, it's an expensive city, 40 to 50% uh, percent I'm saving into peer-to-peer uh, -peer investing and also in uh, is in a stock portfolio. I don't uh, really invest into like low yield uh, asset class like bonds, for example, or I'm, I rarely use um, just a savings account. Um, I just go full, <laughs> go full risk and um, try to multiply my, my current portfolio with a compound interest rate or with, with this compound interest rate effect. Is it called like that? I don't know. Yes. Yes. And another part of the strategy is to side hustle. For example, I'm giving workshops um, sometimes. I also sell stuff online, but I Honestly, I, I don't have much time because of the family and uh, because of the day job, there is not much time left, but I'm, I'm really lucky if I get like a couple of hundred euros more per month. And uh, if you, if you calculate that, that also really helps to, um, to reach FI earlier. So um, I'm aiming for like, I would say like seven to 10 years to go. It might be faster, but that's what I'm currently planning. And you never know. I'm going from the from now to the next, and not uh, doing a full plan until for the next ten years because uh, it, the world is is changing every day. You know. But that, that's fine. Honestly, that's even that's even sooner than the average or the, the normal retirement age, which is like sixty something. So and, uh, that's already really early. Matthias, can I ask? Do you have a rough number in mind you want to reach, or is it really just like? A fluid situation and you'll decide on the moment whatever works yeah i have the number in mind it's it was three hundred thousand. um now i put it to four hundred thousand because just to yeah you know i have a family uh, so that would be the the amount i would feel comfortable to just to have my universal basic income and i even can go then to asia or um, yeah to many retirements uh, to to lower my costs But um, honestly, I also would like to get the like 600, 700,000. And even I'm considering now <laughs> if I want to get rich because <laughs> it's just cool to be rich. And if you're old and have a personal assistant, it's much more comfortable. I think than being, being uh, at the highway in a, in a ugly building uh, where nobody has time for you and you're just sitting there watching the yeah, cars. Sure. And what's also fair to say your 400,000 is invested differently than somebody's 400,000 just in ETFs based on a 7% return rule and, oh, sorry, 7% return and 4% withdrawal rates. Your money will be uh, invested more efficiently, so the return will be higher. That's Is that why you need less than, like, because obviously 400k, uh, the, which you can actually withdraw on a monthly basis is not much even in Asia while living with your family. It's not much, but um, I calculate like seven to ten percent, and um, I also don't mind to work one or two days a week, like in a coffee shop. And there's the the, the term barista FI. I really like to do that, and I think that I have enough skills to like put in like four hours of work and and make some money out of it, uh, like doing Facebook ads for somebody or. There's so much to do, so um, I don't plan to cut back work completely, uh, as I also like to maintain my my skills. 
Because you never know, maybe somebody, uh, the government is taking away your money with some strange tax. So I really like to uh, maintain my my skills and to work on on stuff and being flexible, also to uh, kick in with some with some income when it when it's needed. So, but I don't have to work five days anymore. Um, That's that's why this number and I'm I'm not investing in ETFs. I'm investing in peer to peer and it works really well. And I also, um, yeah, there are also other opportunities where you can make more than like the seven percent. I really I feel a little bit guilty and I feel the pressure in the community that I have to uh, have to use ETFs um, to build my wealth. Um, but yeah, it's like that. <laughs> well, I think as long as it's diversified, you're fine. So whatever it is it's and diversified I, but not too much okay okay <laughs> I, i i'm not a financial advisor so i'm not gonna yeah, yeah yeah last question what are your struggles when reaching financial independence i'm struggling with uh putting away enough money because there's always a tax coming there's i have to pay for the kindergarten um sometimes shit happens like you forget to return your uh your car sharing car um, and then you have like a hundred euro bill <laughs> or you, you, you miss a plane. So shit happens. And then it's lowering my savings rate sometimes. And yeah, that's the problem. And you can't predict the markets. You can't really predict how much money you make with your investings. And the biggest struggle is also time because I currently work five or more days, uh, in the day job. And, uh, there's not much time to provide like a high quality uh, runner high high quality side hustle so that's my that's my biggest uh, issue right now that's why i tr um, try to outsource some of these tasks um but still it's uh, yeah i'm struggling here awesome uh well that's pretty much the story of every person uh every co-host they've all been they all have very different perspectives and i think something that's also very interesting is that when we first started this podcast if we had done an episode like this it would be quite different uh maybe alvar wouldn't be doing mini retirements maybe i wouldn't be going on and on about skills and experience and i would be like oh i just want to make as much money as possible and maybe matthias wouldn't think about work optional he'd he would just be you know saying uh, i want to reach fire as soon as possible so yeah, it's quite it's interesting that over these six I mean, yeah, it's been about six or seven months. Our opinions or our strategies and tactics have changed, and I would say improved a lot. Don't you? Don't you think? Yes. If if you have to think about it every week, because we're talking so many intelligent people, and you have to uh, you have to prepare an interview, you have to uh, do your research, and you you are forced to. Uh, to to um, ask question your own strategies to your you have to ask the right questions to your interview partner and that's why it's kind of education you know it's just being at university education amazing. and I have to yeah. say for me it's truly amazing obviously just talking on a weekly daily basis with you guys on topics growing from there but also all the content I've been reading the books people have been talking to over the last period starting this podcast being part of this movement it really really changed um how i approach things and what i care about and possibly we should do this again in a year what, what do we say what will change are we as consistent as we hope we are anyway guys that's my take uh on yeah how this is all going and 
I found okay. it pretty cool. This is our current approach. And I think we should do an episode on the future of FI as well. Yeah, so thank you for um, providing all these insights and also sometimes private information and sharing it with, with other people. I hope it's valuable for you uh, in the audience. And uh, also we like to uh, hear about your story, about your what you're struggling about and so on. So go to our website on financial-independence.eu and um, yeah, make a comment and um, start a conversation with us. We are really curious about our audience, you know. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed the show. You can support us by doing this. Subscribing through your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review. Following us on Instagram and Twitter at Financial Independence Europe. Sending us an email with questions and feedback. We would love to hear from you. All the mentioned articles, books and cool resources can be found in the show notes at financial-independence.eu. Thank you for listening and see you next time.